the world of work, but with virtual reality. Next on Remote Space. Hello? Uh, yeah, right. I'm sending that over in an hour. The meeting today? Another one? Hold on one sec. Enough! (laughs) Working from home not as much fun as you imagined? Remote Space explores the tools and philosophies we use as we work more remotely. We'll talk to experts who have mastered remote work, those studying the shift in how we work, and those learning on the run. Here's your host, Doug Thomas. Virtual reality has been around for several years, and the technology has reached a point where it's just not being used in specialized cases or just entertainment. Christoph Fleischmann is at the forefront of using VR for business, including immersive experiences for meetings and conferences, a potential game-changing way to work in this remote world. I talked to the founder and CEO of Arthur Technologies from his home office in Vienna, Switzerland. Chris, as someone who's uh, worked in VR for years, I'm I'm just curious, can you describe a really great experience that you've had with virtual reality? It could be anything. It could be a game. It could be something you've seen recently or, or a couple of years ago. But but explain to our audience a really great experience with virtual reality. Oh, that's a, that's a tough question because there's really a lot to explore in this new medium. I think one of the most, one of the pivotal experiences when I got introduced to VR and AR was actually quite early where that was back in 2013 when I tried out some AR headsets. And it was a, a very, very simple advertising focused demo where something would appear on my desk in front of me. Uh, I think that was the first time I had a three-dimensional object appear in front of me that was not on a screen, or at least didn't seem like it was on a screen. That was that was ma- magical in itself. Then as, as VR matured a couple of years later, an application called Tilt Brush was really outstanding. It, it, it's, it's a drawing application where you are in a dark void and you can start painting in 3D. And I think that was really for me, a pivotal experience to, to see. That's funny because, again, I've had far less work with VR and AR, but the one of the ones that stick with me was might have been the same one, was this painting scenario where you were drawing and it was just, you know, this, this kind of immersive three-dimensional space. And even though I'm not an illustrator or a drawer, I was thinking, I can't wait for my son to get into this kind of stuff. But there was something magical about creation I mean, again, it's this kind of world that feels three-dimensional, but in other ways, it feels unlike anything I had been around. That that's interesting how we how paint programs are one of the ways to go. Um, let's let's use a couple definitions for our audience. We've talked about VR and AR, virtual reality and augmented reality. Let me see if I got this right. Virtual is usually a headset that covers your eyes and ears uh, that you don't see anything. From the, uh, the you don't see anything in the real world where augmented reality I see as a kind of a goggle set that you can see out of, but things are added to the world. Is that correct with VR and AR? I think honestly, there's a lot of uh, definitions floating around. Um, by now, there's extended reality, there's virtualized reality, like there's all sorts of things. But uh, the way I think about it is, you know, are you fully immersed in a digital world? That's done virtual reality, as you described it, or 
Are you augmenting the world around you? Are you adding digital content to what you're seeing in real life? And the latter being augmented reality, exactly as you said. Like you were saying with that object in front of the desk, the desk was a real desk, but there was something on there that was you were seeing through the goggles in augmented reality. Is, is that right? Correct. Exactly. Yeah, it, was my, it was a real desk and a digital object, and it merged together quite, quite nicely, I have to say, already back then. The company that you founded, Arthur Technologies, is dealing with this type of world, but in a, in a business sense. And, and when you founded it five years ago, what, what's the goal of, of Arthur Technologies in working with this VR and AR in business scenarios and in these remote scenarios? Yeah, I think this goes back to a lot of folks in our founding team being geographically dispersed, as in, you know, either not themselves in the same location or growing up, honestly, in just locations that weren't necessarily, you know, the hotspots for new technologies. But at the same time, we were all so excited about artificial intelligence and all of these mega trends. And uh, for us, it was always this compromise between, hey, can we meet someone we want to work with? in the same room, which is, you know, which has a magic to it, right? If you and I were in a physical office with a whiteboard in front of us, it, it's just a different feeling than a, than a video call. But at the same time, you know, the people you want to work with are, especially nowadays, I would say, not, no longer close to you, nor, nor should they maybe. And for us, this was always this topic that we thought in a large organization, is that really it? Is it going to be better and better webcams? Are we going to see ourselves in an 8K? And is that going to cut it? Or do we need to upgrade to a different technology? So again, that kind of, let's let's dig into that a little bit. So people, uh, again, from 18 months ago, a lot of people maybe didn't work remotely. Some did, definitely did, some did not. But every a lot of people are very much verse in that. Zoom fatigue, dealing with multiple pictures on screen and multiple people. But what can VR and AR bring that is different from the experience of what we're dealing with now? Uh, a lot of people use this word immersive. What what does that immersive mean that can make a, a, a business or a meeting better? Yeah, I think part of this needs to be experienced. It, it's hard to describe it. But if I, if I had to, I would compare it much more to us really being in the same space. This feeling of presence that you have, subtle things like the fact that the audio of the other person comes from the direction where they're virtually located relative to you but it, it feels real our attention is is much higher because we're fully immersed in this experience i think those are the, the foundational elements of vr that we just feel present and we feel our co-workers next to us in the space and then you add these benefits that you can work with your hands like in a real meeting you can draw on an actual whiteboard and stand next to the person and just basically tap them on the shoulder and point to the right and say, hey, but did you look at this piece of information? So there's a lot of communication going on that just gets lost in a, in a continuous video stream. And you combine this with the fact that all of this is digital, right? We have these vast spaces where we can spread out content really generously. And it's, it's so easy to navigate multiple sources of information or really complex topics because we have this three-dimensional space that we can make use of. So I think those are the benefits that really upgrade the experience from a 
you know, no matter how great the, the video conference you're, you're on is, you will always feel confined and you will always feel like there's a certain productivity ceiling as compared to, to a physical meeting. Right. No matter what you're doing, if you're remote, you're confined to the screen that you're looking at and the pixels that are. So you're talking about, and I like that idea of that uh, experience where you could touch somebody on the shoulder because you're seeing their presence virtually as your as your own and that you're not just doing everything on a keyboard uh that you're dealing with movement and all this and we'll have links in the uh, show notes so you can see uh some demonstrations of, of definitely what we're talking about if you haven't seen anything like this so one of the things that's happened with technology with the pandemic in the last 14, 16 months is things that were taking uh, years to work seemingly were done very quickly because the need was there. With Arthur or VR in general, what has really accelerated in the last year or so? I think probably on all levels of this technology from you know the perception and acceptance of the users to the underlying fundamental technologies that improved drastically because we got just much more user feedback and everyone in the industry got much more user feedback. It's really a completely different world. If you look at VR 18 months ago and right now, you know, approaching the middle of 2021 on almost all levels, I, I do have to say there are some factors other than the pandemic that I really do think also played a huge role. The emergence of new VR headsets with, with higher fidelity in the last year, I think played in just as much of a role as companies being kind of forced to, you know, look into, into the mirror and figure out how, how are we going to structure collaboration in, in this phase of, of the world. Yeah, there's always tipping points with those technologies that uh, have made everything kind of uh, work better. And one of the things at my company at Microsoft is we're looking at this this hybrid model of work because a lot of folks aren't going to go back. In fact, my group of about 60 people, uh, about 20% will permanently be in Atlanta and I'm, I'm in uh, the Seattle area. So there will always be that separation. So this virtual world will allow kind of an even playing field that we're all in the same space versus some working at home, some in the office, some maybe in this, in physically in the same meeting, and then some virtually, you know, 3,000 miles away. The other thing when I saw some of the uh, testimonials you had in your site, which I thought was interesting, is, you know, a lot of people have had dealings with meetings with two or four that seem to be work all right, and they've gotten used to that. But uh, one of the things that was interesting is the 100-person meeting, the larger meetings, the, the conferences and things like that. It sounds like that virtual reality can really help there because, you know, nobody wants to look at a screen with 80 faces on it. So talk talk about the large meeting concept that virtual reality can really help with. Yeah, I think you add this one component that is it really only becomes uh, clear once you once you think about it a little bit. A video conference as it is designed is very single threaded, as in there's one person usually sharing their screen and talking. No matter how many tools you you add to that, it, it still has very much this feeling of being kind of a sequence of people doing their work, but not really parallel work streams. And so you add this third dimension to it, and suddenly people can roam around in space, and you know, three people can go to the left side of the room and 10 other people can stay at, at the main stage and you can have these parallel work streams with really natural ways that you still hear the 
the main conversation in the back, but you're not distracted by it. So it's, it's, I think it's these elements that really especially make VR shine once you go, I would say, above even six, seven people already. You, you'll see that you just get much more out of the individual participant because everyone can be active and engaged at the same time without disturbing the other users. And one of the things you, you mentioned earlier was that sound plays an important part to that because, again, in a virtual meeting on like a Zoom call or a Teams call, everything's kind of the level and, and, and the tools are trying to make it so you can really hear that one person clearly where this immersive experience is, is like being in a larger room where there's going to be people close to you and there's going to be people far away from you and that also makes it a more immersive experience that you're not just hearing one voice at one time. Yeah, I think the the longer you work in VR, the more you realize that maybe more than 50% of the experience is audio. It's not just visual. It's really the power of depth perception and spatial perception of your colleagues is, I think, a huge factor. That's cool. Now, companies like Microsoft, I assume at some point I will show up and there will be a chance to that there'll be a you know an area where I'll be able to grab virtual headsets, I guess is what we call them. How, do, how does that handle in trying to make this more accessible for everyone when it dealing with the thing that you need, which is the hardware? I think a good approach to this is to give people as many options as possible without sacrificing the the quality of the collaboration you want to achieve so means concretely like on vr you should support the the best headsets that guarantee that the users have a good experience there are some you know there's some vr where i don't think in our case you can have an effective meeting in and i don't think it helps to to support it if, if the users can't get the get their job done in there. I think another component is to go on other platforms, like being able to join from a browser just to make it more accessible. You you lose the immersive aspect, but at least you you give some sort of lifeline for others to to participate in and partake. And I, I think the way it's going to if we look at our clients and you know the way the adoption curve is coming our way it almost looks like we're going to see a VR device as part of our standard office equipment. You know, you have your laptop for your standard 2D work. You might have your phone for on-the-fly, you know, mobile communication. But you might have a VR headset when it comes to, you know, deeper collaboration with your colleagues. For example, for you with your colleagues in Atlanta, everyone in your team would have one device dedicated to themselves. Because if you know, once you can save, let's assume, one flight a year from any one of your team members, you basically break even with all of the costs already. And I think you can save a lot more than one flight. So well then again, it's it's kind of this betting on the future, and betting's probably the wrong word, looking at the future. I mean, you know, twenty years ago we wouldn't be thinking about mobile devices as being such a huge part of business. It was just kind of starting off as phones. And then I was even reading something about uh, something happening 40 years ago where somebody was having an email conversation that was wouldn't even be thinking about it because email was really used in the education purposes only back in the early 80s. So there's these huge leaps and bounds that we have that, of course, once we get there, we can't even realize how we did it before. So I assume that we're thinking, as we're looking 20 years out, there's going to be forms and and VR is, is probably going to be one of them that we won't even think about how we used to do 
business is i mean i assume that's one of the bets that people like arthur technologies and and other folks and again i keep on using the word bet i shouldn't do that but that's one of those things that we're looking at is the future of what business is going to be like there's this principle that we tend to overestimate how much happens in two years but we underestimate how much happens in 10 years this is usually in in new technologies what you're seeing and and vr is has been there for a while i think the the current paradigm of vr is approaching you know i I would say seven eight years of since the newer devices came to market so it's been a while that this technology has been around and now you see all of these trends coming together and and you know these technological disruptions they they appear to be happening faster and faster and i I do think you'll, you'll see it here as well with with the world moving to this hybrid model of work that you you described where organizations need to figure out how they can support you know both off-site and on-site collaboration i think you will see already in the next two three years that we will gradually move more and more of our digital work into both um, virtual reality and augmented reality just because these technologies are now at a state where they really provide value and from now on it's you know it's going to be an exponential curve with every iteration um, of hardware and, and software for that matter and you'll just see that if I think about five years, I, I could very well see that you won't be having a single traditional screen in your home anymore within five years. So dealing with the future, I, I see where the technology is now. What do you? What's the next wave look like? What, what are the features or things that are being worked on? Yeah, I think the, the beauty of where VR is right now is that, you know, a lot of things are already working and already great, but similar to, you know, the first iPhone, every next generation was really groundbreakingly different, right? Every two years or, or even one year, you would get a device that significantly improved again what you could do. And we really see this in VR. So I would not be surprised if within the next 18 months, we would get to, I would say, an incredibly realistic representation of yourself in VR, eye and face tracking. That's something, that technology that exists already. I think uh, companies are just searching for ways to really get this uh, into a consumer product. Then there's a lot of great stuff around, you know, the computing power of the devices, being able to have more and more realistic spaces in which you can meet. But one thing we're really tracking is input. How do I manipulate the the virtual world? Where I could see that, you know, the way how currently you hold control or something, something like this, I think we're going to, going to see a huge change there. How I can control and engage with virtual content in, in this in the spatial dimension. And uh, I think it might look much closer to what we might assume right now are ridiculous Hollywood movies. <laughs> I don't know, like Iron Man or, or Minority Report. I think you, you'll actually see um, human-computer interfaces that, that look like this and are really the fastest way to get information in, in VR done. And I think one of the things I'm, I'm really interested in, if, if we go back to your perspective on 10 or 20 years, Right now, a lot of what we're doing in VR is working with metaphors from the real world. So we are meeting in an office, you know, and we have a whiteboard and we meet at a certain place and I can maybe sit down at a chair. But a lot of this stuff is, you know, it doesn't really make sense in the digital world other than it's it's familiar to us from the real world. So I think once this technology has established itself, you will see us again fully break with what we know from the real world. And we will 
you know, going also towards the, the question of how we will look and how our avatars will look, the virtual reality meeting in 10 or 20 years that we'll have might look not at all like a physical meeting because we'll find new ways of engaging with content and data and people that is perfect for this medium, for this digital three-dimensional medium. And might not look a lot like a physical workshop anymore. Right. So, I mean, the, yeah, the, the, the goal is not necessarily let's make it look like the real world. The question, the, the thing is taking this technology and making it what's a better experience and can you get more done and be more memorable because you're always trying to, you know, we're always trying to do stuff that imprints us better, that, that you can deal with things, three-dimensional spaces that don't have to worry with gravity, which I, I don't want to get too sci-fi, but yeah, you can work with different areas that you could only do in this in this area. That's fascinating. And the whole metaphor with movies is really interesting because yes, you look at where the technology of special effects has gone with being able to use computer stuff that was kind of hokey a few years ago. And now, I mean, it's hundreds of millions of dollars, of course, they do to make these things that everything seems so real now the fact that that like any like any science like any art that stuff can can go down get smaller get less expensive that some of those reality worlds that you only see in movies now would be something that you could see on virtual reality and augmented reality which sounds really exciting <laughs> absolutely yeah no i think it's a it's a great time to to explore this technology it's made such headway within the last year, but generally also, I would say over the last three, four years, it's it's really impressive how far it has come. And seeing this adoption, you know, for us in the professional space, but also, you know, across all other dimensions of our lives, I think it's going to be quite impactful. So one of the things, though, that when we talk about the future or even now, um, kind of a vanity thing. So when you're in this digital space, you are what we call, I think we still call an avatar, which has some humanistic characteristics, hands, whatever, it could have faces. My thing is, does my avatar need to actually look like me? Because <laughs> I remember when I first dealt with avatars was uh, years ago, 10 years ago with a, like a Wii game and my kids would make avatars and I started making one that looked like myself. And I thought, well, wait a minute. I don't need to look like myself. So I'm, anytime I make an avatar now, I'm like this uh, very different from what I am. Uh, you can see my picture. I'm uh, I'm like usually a six foot three blonde surfer dude from California with long hair and, and, and small eyes. And so I, I want to make sure that uh, is there a way to make sure that, that maybe I can look a little different as an avatar? <laughs> well, um, I think this really, uh, I, I could see a differentiation here between, you know, purely social VR and AR, you know, where you, you can be anyone and anything in the kind of professional context. You know, if we, we look at Fortune 500 companies, we've gotten really good feedback that you actually recognize your colleagues, you know, and fair enough, you know, I think there is still maybe the, the face is not exactly fully animated as you would know it from the real world but we're at a point in this technology where it's it's really amazing how you also feel like you get to know a person that looks you know very similar to their the real person in vr and you see these body movements translated in vr and so you you start recognizing people even just from their movements in, in virtual reality and i think in a professional context we will there's a lot of value to gain from looking somewhat like 
I think you look in the real world. Um, once we once we look beyond the the professional work context, I think I think you can be whoever you want to be, and you can be wherever you want to be. So why bother with any physical limitations? Sure. I mean, you just described a, f- a physical conference, right? You show up in one thing, and then when it's like it's uh, we're doing the party hour at seven o'clock, you're totally in different wear, and and you know, oh wow, I didn't even. That's really great. That suit or that dress or or, or whatever you're wearing. So it, it makes sense that you would have uh, different looks at different times. One of the things uh, looking at your resume, and you call yourself a serial startup addict. Um, so I'm I'm curious uh, in that, and are most of these also that you've done remotely when you're doing these startups, and that's how kind of this virtual world kind of uh, played into it? I'm just curious. I actually, uh, the, the first kind of, I mean, I'm not sure whether you can really call it a startup, but the first project uh, my head of product and I worked on, head of product from, from today at Arthur, came straight out of high school. And so that was still at least... Uh, both of us were somewhat in the same location, but everything after that, I've always worked in distributed teams, really from the last ten years now. And it was always folks from, you know, Europe, the U.S., South Asia, Southeast Asia. It was always spread out really globally, and I think that for us it was something where we just at one point figured, okay, we have to figure out something to get our meetings, especially you know. The ones that are really important, we we need to get them to another level, and I think there was a was a real driving force behind starting Arthur. That's great. Christoph Fleischmann is a founder and CEO of Arthur Technologies, which is a startup specializing in augmented reality and virtual reality collaboration, and it is a part of the future that we will see. Um, sooner than later, it sounds like for a lot of places. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today on Remote Space. Thank you, Doug. It was a pleasure. See you soon in VR. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to hear more stories and lessons learned from those working in the remote space.